Quantlayer is a software consultancy based in Brooklyn, New York. All opinions expressed by podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Quantlayer. The information presented should not be construed as investment advice. Guests may maintain positions in assets mentioned in the podcast. Vikram speaking. I'm joined by Fizan, also known as the Wizard. What's going on, Fizan? Not much. So some of our most popular episodes so far have been our analysis of tech IPO filings. So companies, right before they go public, they file an S1. S1 is their initial registration statement. It summarizes what the company is going to do with the funds they raise, their business model, what risks they have, things like that the kinds of things that investors would care about. And so what we thought we would do on this episode is go over a S1, but this one's a little different. The S1s we've gone over in the past have been, you know, kind of large companies like Elasticsearch, for example, or CrowdStrike, the security company. This one was kind of interesting because, uh, so the company's name is Father Time, and we'll link to the S1 in the show notes. And it's definitely, it's not, a hot IPO in the way Elasticsearch or Uber or CrowdStrike are. But what it is, is that basically we have a founder who has done a lot of research on his own to figure out the budgeting and costs for building a particular type of software application. And he's kind of just selling these shares on his own. So if you actually look at the S1, Unlike a lot of other S1s where, you know, they're working with tons of bankers. I mean, think of the Uber IPO had like 15 underwriters on it. There's literally no underwriters on this one. So it's self-underwritten. And he points to it in his filing. He says that the filing says the offering is being conducted on a self-underwritten best efforts basis, which means our president, Mr. Robert Wally Gunda, will attempt to sell the shares. So he's kind of, you know, maybe he has investors lined up for this thing already, but he wants to kind of go out and do this on his own. And I think this is like the exact opposite of like the Kin ICO, right? Yeah. And so just just to be clear, he's registering a public company for the purposes of raising funds to build his product? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good summary. Basically, it's a kind of like a blank check type of offering where the company is going to sell Best case, they're going to raise $2.75 million of stock for a yet-to-be-built software business. I've seen these before, and people look at them skeptically. Unless there's a, unless the management team has like a history of being able to do this kind of thing, like if it's, if it's somebody that has built a few businesses in the past and sold them, you know, I think the blank check type of deal is pretty fair. Otherwise, it's it's kind of like what is going on. But this S1 in particular is pretty nice because uh, he breaks out his budget uh, pretty well. He talks about their business model and what they want built exactly really closely. So I, I thought it would be fun for us, Quantlayer, to talk about just in terms of how we might work with a client like him in order to build the software application that they want built. And just uh, before we continue there, is there any fundamental benefit to being a public company in the early stages versus like the traditional route of staying private? 
because I imagine there's a lot of administrative overhead to remaining public, but are there any upsides? Yeah. So if he goes public this early, he can maintain a lot more ownership, right? So he okay. could, uh, you know, they, they could sell a small amount of shares. I don't know exactly how much he's selling. We could probably do the calculation. But, you know, if you're going to work with a, a VC, they might take a lot more. It also might be something he's just comfortable with, you know, like he's maybe done this in the past. He understands what's involved in running a public company. That might be a reason that they do that. But I do agree with you. There are some the running costs of even a small public business are pretty high. So it's possible, you know, we alluded to earlier, maybe he has investors already lined up to buy this deal and he is adverse to working with VCs. I don't know. Like, I don't know him. I don't know what his reasoning is, but I'm just guessing if I were in his place, maybe that might be a reason. Okay. So there is a section in the S1 called Description of Business. And basically what this is, is this is a little different from like the prospectus summary, which we've seen before. So again, I think that's maybe like more banker related or, but he has a section of this filing called just description of business, which lays out the company, what they're trying to build and, and so on. So Father Time Inc. is an early stage company that proposes to develop and establish a platform application technology, which allows a mobile app to download paper coupons and other promotional alternatives and redeem them at a point of purchase as service for subscribers of the Father Time Inc. app. Okay, so the challenge. This is basically, you know, just laying out the the market. The loyalty and incentive industry is an estimated $85 billion industry that spends in excess of $7 billion to distribute over 250 billion coupons annually. So I don't know anything about the coupon market, but I was particularly surprised about that, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know what, what's your take on that, because that's like almost 10% of the size of the industry that they spend on distributing these coupons. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you were counting like the value of everything that comes in, in like your junk mail, it's believable. Um, yep. But I imagine a lot of that goes to waste. Yep. So who knows, like, is this 85 billion number the total value of the actual coupons or the amount that's redeemed or what? Right. With over 97% of all promotions being paper-based, the industry faces the challenge. Okay, I found that surprising, too. I didn't realize it's that high. I mean, I understand it's high. Like you said, you you know, you know, get all these coupons in the mail. You go to CVS, you get printed coupons, stuff like that. But 97 is is pretty much all. Okay, so these are the challenges that this industry faces. Lack of near real-time programs or application software that truly provide incentives for loyal consumer behavior. Low redemption rates for paper coupons averaging one and one and a half to two percent. I'm actually surprised it's that high. Oh, what do you mean? In terms of the amount of coupons like sent in the mail versus redeemed, two percent actually seems like a pretty high number. So this is, you know, a hundred coupons get sent, two of them get redeemed. Is that what this is saying? Yeah. Okay. Inability to capture and report in near real time accurate marketing data. Um, I guess that alludes to like how the coupons actually get used. Limited ability to deliver consumer-specific targeted offers and incentives. Isn't some of this stuff changing, though, with like, you know, online coupons and whatnot? Yeah, I'm not sure of some of these points because, I mean, even your junk mail is pretty targeted. And then your uh, 
capture and report in near real time accurate marketing data. I'm not sure what they mean there because I guess you wouldn't easily have the ability to collect information at the time of redemption because it's if the store is participating or not. So some of this makes sense, but I'm not sure about the like limited ability to deliver consumer specific targeted offers. I'd want to know more what they mean. Yep. You know, I think both of us like to hike and do like outdoor stuff. I, you know, I, I know I get my REI and EMS type of coupons in the mail. I don't know that I actually ever use them. Yeah, I, I can't remember the time that I've used a paper coupon. But again, like you never like I don't know what demographic is the most likely to be using paper coupons and that sort of thing. I'm also a millennial. Maybe <laughs> we're using them less. <laughs> yeah, I definitely use CVS coupons. Like if I ever buy anything from CVS, they literally give you 10 coupons if you're like part of their rewards program. They're actually very good. I have Um, used Canadian Tire Bucks. I don't know if that counts. (laughs) Wait, what are those? Uh, When you shop at Canadian Tire, they have like their own funny money that they give you. Okay. Uh, It's like a cash back thing, but it's in Canadian Tire Bucks. And then you can use that on future purchases. Okay. So kind of like what Kick was going for, but except these sounded probably a bit except more not, useful. It's not cryptocurrency. It's like monopoly money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one: coupon fraud that is est- okay. This is crazy. Coupon fraud that is estimated to cost between three hundred seventy million to one point one billion annually. That's it's huge. Feels like a very large number. Yeah, coupon fraud, rising physical distribution costs of paper coupons, driving consumer packaged goods companies to seek alternative electronic distribution channels. That okay. would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Inefficient, costly, and manual labor intensive settlement processing for redeemed coupons. Each coupon is handled an estimated 32 times during the clearing cycle. Wow. Okay. So those are the main problems. Basically, very inefficient industry, a lot of money that's wasted both on the distribution side and also on the fraud side. Uh, you know, if 10% of the industry is going actual distribution and then, um, you know, a couple percent is associated with fraud, that, that you know, that's pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a clear case for coupons being digital, which makes sense. Okay, the solution. So this is specific to what Father Time is trying to do. Father Time and mobile application will help position the company to become a leading provider of electronic loyalty and coupon systems that enable the one secured electronic distribution of loyalty and coupon offers inside a merchant store through the internet in near real time. And two, the secure and accurate backend processing, settlement and reporting for both electronic loyalty and coupon promotions and paper-based coupons and promotions. System's goal shall be unique in its ability to enable customers with business and address key market opportunities. And he they list out a few of the opportunities. But between those two, it kind of sounds like kind of like front-end and back-end type of stuff, like customer uh, yeah. distribution stuff, and then actually like getting it processed. Yep. So the three... Key market opportunities they highlight. So one, customizable, cost-effective merchant loyalty program capable of addressing the long-term loyalty program needs of large and mid-sized businesses. Two, distribution of electronic promotions directly to the merchant's point-of-sale networks via smartphone and the internet. So that's going to reduce uh, distribution costs. Three, automation of paper coupon redemption a settlement process, eliminating several costly steps in the settlement process. And reducing fraud, which is estimated to cost CPG companies over 10% of the $3.7 billion value of redeemed coupons. 
Okay, so the company can be positioned to become a leading provider of software-based electronic promotion processing, including distribution, redemption, and clearing of loyalty promotions. Com- okay, here is the actual app that they're talking about developing. A unique, low-cost, merchant-based in-store system that enables the implementation, distribution, redemption, and clearing of loyalty promotions and coupons. Relationships with key strategic allies like News America Marketing, the world's largest distributor of in-store coupons, NBC Direct, a Houston-based company with strong marketing focus supporting the company's initiatives, and Q-Links America, a Colorado-based company that's bringing complementary promotion tools to the market. Revolutionary and state-of-the-art technology backed by an elite management team, patented applications designed to transform the industry. The first two there probably seem the most kind of like specific. Yeah. So the first one, again, is the actual system that's involved in distribution and redemption of the coupons. And the second are actually like relationships that they want to want to have. So this is their first product, I think. And then they have another section called Father Times Future Products. Is that how you read this? No. So the way I understood it is that the first section sort of just talks broadly about what their solution is. Yep. And then Father Times Future Products is actually the solution broken into the three like specific apps or products uh, that are going to compose that solution. Okay, gotcha. So the first app is called Loyalty Express. It's a smartphone and web-based software tool for authoring and publishing of loyalty programs with the rewards triggered by frequency, recency, and monetary program rules. Okay, so this essentially lets someone create coupons. Right, so you're a merchant and you're going to create these coupons slash reward system loyalty program. Or I guess this is actually specifically loyalty and not... Right. Because the next one, I guess, is just coupons. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Coupon Express, a smartphone and web-based software tool for the authoring and publishing of electronic coupons and promotions. So I find it interesting that these are two separate products. Yep. But I guess... Like, you know how like everybody has a... Fr- I don't know if I... I have a friend who knows everything about like every loyalty program. And I guess he was in the consulting world before. And that's just something that they rack up. Like they travel yeah, a yeah. lot for work and they right. So yeah, I have a friend who travels for work and he had like always has like crazy hotel points cards and this and that. Yeah. Like they know how to game that system. Right. It's like an archetype of a character at this point. The, the yeah. person knows everything. Everyone has at least one friend like this. So uh, I don't like. I don't really use loyalty stuff. I use coupons. I don't really use loyalty stuff. Um, so I don't really know this uh, market that well. But what do you think are the key differences here from a like technical perspective of you know how these systems might be set up? So for me, the tricky part here, like let's take away the whole consumer like customer acquisition side, right? Because that's obviously a tough problem. Like yep. how are you going to get people to install your app? So we'll assume that they have great marketing, they've built a great app, they've solved that problem. The tricky part to me is still around redemption. Mm-hmm. So let's say I have a tire store that I buy tires from like three times a year because I keep doing burnouts. Yep. <laughs> and I, I'm going back to that tire store frequently. Ultimately, when I order those tires from them, something needs to happen on the back end to trigger this frequency, recency, or monetary reward. Like right now, the, my main 
avenue of getting rewards is through my credit cards. Like the actual payment processor is my loyalty or rewards program. Yep. So, you know, like you have a cashback credit card or you have some sort of point system. And I think with one of mine, like every three months, they, they have 5% cash back on different things. So that's pretty straightforward. But if you're a third-party provider, you need to somehow integrate with the point of sale system mm-hmm. or with their website if they're doing online sales or provide your own scanner or payment system or you know what I mean? So like that's the big challenge here is is on the back end, how do you actually manage redemption? Right. And I think they actually do talk about that. That's their third product. Yep. So uh, Storefront Central, host coupon and loyalty gateway server, supporting the distribution of promotions to store locations and the business rules for merchant loyalty programs. In addition to these core products, the company's system will be designed for multiple complementary products, including a back-end promotion and coupon clearing and settlement program and other tools to enhance and expand the loyalty promotion coupon product offerings and operations. Once the system's in place, it will will be a simple process to reverse the redemption process into a promotion or coupon offering system. So, and then they go into a little more detail around Loyalty Express. So maybe this might answer some of our questions to read through this, this yeah. one. Uh, Loyalty Express will provide merchants with an advanced loyalty application that they may One, enable merchants to reward customers based on recent purchases, frequency, and monetary parameters. Two, utilizes existing loyalty cards, the registration of existing payment cards, or introduction of new cards. Three, provides support for manufacturers, SKU, uh, SKU-based loyalty accumulation and instant redemption of promotions. Four, provides low-cost multi-lane solutions with real-time integration to point-of-sale networks. That's the one that I'm most curious about. Like, it's a one-liner, but I really need to know more what that looks like. Right. So what is the main problem with this one? So let's say I go to the grocery store and I have a paper coupon. Yep. They scan that coupon and it applies the discount and they put that coupon in, in some drawer or bin and it eventually, you know, goes and gets handled 31 more times or what yep. have you. If I have a coupon on my smartphone... So is the idea that I essentially am just digitally distributed a coupon that acts the exact same as the paper coupon where mm-hmm. they just scan my phone and then we go from there? Or is there some integration required with the, is there some other integration required with the point of sale network, yep. which is what they're saying here? And if so, what does that look like? Because that, that feels like it could be a pretty large barrier. Right, right. So number five, enables standalone implementations utilizing Verifone 3750 payment terminals. Enjoys seamless integration with Coupon Express. And then finally, provides support for multi-level merchant definitions, including coalitions or multi-merchant loyalty programs. Father Time's concept for a Loyalty Express software package would be to provide a broad range of features that may be customized to fit the specific and unique needs of each merchant. Some of these features include electronic voucher or gift certificate programs, points programs, multi-tiered pricing programs, punch card programs, school contribution programs, charitable programs, and cross-merchant promotion programs. Okay, so that's that's Loyalty Express here. Coupon Express, they walk through a bit as well. So this is the web-based application that will let merchants 
create, maintain, and publish promotional offers to internet sites. Unlike most print-at-home coupon solutions, Coupon Express will provide a secure, direct delivery of the coupon or promotion to a consumer's smartphone and the participating merchant's point-of-sale network. Okay, so this really is just a coupon on your smartphone instead of a piece of paper, which actually seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah. Because if it's just barcode-based, then you, you should basically work using a point-of-sale scanner. Right. So the key features of this one are smartphone delivery to the Father Time app, point-of-sale system independent. Okay, yeah, right. so that's really important. Yep. Coupons delivered from internet sites or other internet means. Unlimited number of promotions may be published and distributed. Secure delivery of promotion to point-of-sale network, eliminating most cases of coupon fraud. Less expensive to distribute than paper coupons, higher redemption rates than paper coupons, near real-time delivery of program results, and finally, more convenient for the consumer. The last few seem like kind of like benefits of it. Yeah. Coupon Express application would be designed as a user-friendly platform for consumers, merchants, and consumer products group companies. Yeah. So this one makes a lot of sense, I, especially this the secure delivery of promotion Eliminating most cases of coupon fraud. Because I think one of the limitations with paper coupons is like if you have non-unique barcodes or people are reusing them or managing expiries or things like that. Yep. Whereas here with a digital coupon, it's a lot easier to you know manage all those restrictions. I can give one kind of real world example that so there's a uh, on Long Island, there's a an amazing pizza place called Joanne's. And you know how I get their coupons? I literally get text messages from them that say, hey, if you order by this date, your entire order will be 30% off. Oh, if you order one pizza, we'll give you a another pizza free. Like It's just text, right? There's no like yeah. identifying code or anything like that. And it says you're only supposed to use the promotion once. Like at the bottom of the text, it'll say, I'm just looking through my phone. Actually, I think I deleted them. But basically at the bottom, it'll say something like, this may be only used once. But you could technically like go in there, use it again every day until like the expiration of the, the coupon. Yeah. So I could see a merchant like that benefiting from something like this. How many times have you used it? Uh, I've only used it, I've used it once. Okay. So you're not one of the coupon fraudsters? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm a coupon user, but not a coupon fraudster. That's good. <laughs> okay, so Storefront Central. Storefront Central is envisaged as an, I don't think I've seen that word used in, not for a while. Okay, Storefront Central is envisaged as an application software that administers loyalty programs and electronic coupon programs, enabling the downloading of offers directly to the consumer's smartphone and retail locations, communicating with the software located within the retail location, and finally captures the redemption information for either the coupons or the loyalty transaction events, enabling the clearing or settlement of coupons and promotions. Okay, so this is essentially like the back office that is actually connected to all the POS systems yep. and the consumer-facing apps. Okay, because they laid this in the S1 out as like an app, but... This kind of reads more like the like the workhorse. Yeah, this is just like the back end. Yeah. The implementation of the company's business plan will allow consumers and merchants access to the application software tools needed to create and quickly implement effective loyalty programs, distribute, redeem electronic coupons. 
Additionally, as Father Time's system achieves market penetration, a dramatic and long overdue shift in the distribution processing and clearing of CPG manufacturer coupons will be accelerated. So that is how they lay out the actual business. I guess from a technical standpoint, you pointed to the multi-lane solutions with real-time integration with point-of-sale networks, that being a potential, actually definite kind of bottleneck. Yeah. How would we think about kind of like... What would be the first steps and what we'd need to understand to build something like this, I guess? Yeah. So looking at uh, Coupon Express and Loyalty Express, these are obviously the consumer-facing apps. And to me, Coupon Express and Loyalty Express are essentially like, there's no real reason for them to be two separate applications. I see it as one application, but you know, there's a slightly different uh, like workflow for each one. But it's really just two different sets of features within one uh, consumer-facing application. Yep. And so obviously you'd have your web app and then potentially some form of a mobile app, whether you use something cross-platform like React Native or actually just build out native apps for iOS and Android. So that part is reasonably straightforward. You do need some sort of, ideally you would have some sort of identity mechanism so you can tie the user's account to their coupons. Mm if you want to really be able to do your targeted marketing stuff that was outlined in the in the like early business plan yep but in theory honestly you could could manage even without that so that part's pretty straightforward the back end here is i think where the brunt of the work lies because if they want that near real time performance of being able to see how coupon redemptions are being handled and also being able to do distribution near real time. Cause maybe you want to be able to do stuff that's really timely. Like here's a, you know, yeah, just 30% discount. If you come buy two pizzas today, things like that, that you can't do with paper coupons. Yep. So you need a relatively robust system on the back end that can handle those near real time requirements. I mean, we would obviously build an elixir, but yep. that's not a hard, hard requirement. <laughs> and I think the main challenge is going to be, Connecting to these point of sale systems. So I'm not that familiar with point of sale systems. I don't know how much variety there is in the sense that are there two or three major ones that have some sort of a broad API that you can interact with? Or is this a matter of your hand rolling 30, 40 integrations? So I, I think that's where a lot of the unknowns lie in terms of, in terms of like complexity and timeline around like your actual software development is just all the integrations of the point of sale systems because the rest of it is a pretty straightforward like software project. Yep. They do point to Verifone in particular under Loyalty Express enable standalone implementations yeah. utilizing uh, Verifone 3750 payment terminals. Maybe I'm, I misunderstood that line, but I took that to mean that where there isn't already an existing point of sale system, they'll also provide like here, here's like our device that you can set up. Oh, I see. But that I don't think it hundred percent has to mean that, but that's what I assumed. Okay. Got it. I read it as some kind of uh integration with Verifone terminals in particular, but um yours is a good point. Yeah, because I mean I'm sure you know you can integrate with all your square merchants yeah, Verifone is a very big provider of these sort of things. So ideally, their point of sales service has an API that you could interact with. And then, uh, you know, the authoring is gets interesting as well because 
they talk about uh, like multi-company or coalition. Mm -hmm. And so it's perhaps not as simple of a problem as just like, oh, I'm an admin on this account and I can just go create a coupon. If you're dealing with things like coalitions, you are going to need some sort of like ability to manage all the permissions across like, let's say 10 companies are getting together Mm -hmm. to provide a like a loyalty card that gives you 5% off across like, you know, these 10 different types of stores that are unrelated. So managing that adds a little bit of complexity because you, you can't confine everything on a per company basis. Okay. So you have to have this multi-tenant architecture, but also with, with some way of uh, managing those coalitions. So right below the section where they lay out their main three kind of like, uh, main three apps. They have a little revenue model section. I thought it would be good to read through this just so we know how they plan to make money. Company forecast revenues from each of the following core lines of business under development. One, once developed, our free software app to the consumers will employ the same standard advertising and data collection models as developed by Google and Facebook. That's super broad. Two, the sale of multi-year software license fees from merchants and service providers utilizing the platform Company projects these fees to be paid as a monthly service fee ranging from $25 to $75 per store. Promotional setup fees per product, per cycle, and transaction distribution fees ranging from $0.03 to $0.10 per distributed promotion from CPG companies and merchants. Collection of transaction or redemption clearing fees ranging from $0.03 to $0.08 per redeemed and cleared coupon from CPG companies and merchants. Licensing of IP as well. So, I mean, the app piece seems pretty straightforward. Just charging a straight fee for distribution and clearing makes sense because you can basically just price yourself against what it costs with paper coupons, and there's a pretty clear business case there. The multi-year software license fees I'm curious about, if that's necessary. I'd be surprised if, because it's not a very large number, and so I'm not sure why it would be necessary. If, if your product is successful... And you've actually made a dent in fraud rates and also in uh, distribution and redemption rates. Mm-hmm. That's where you should be making your money. So like $25 a store, I don't know that it makes much of a dent in your revenue, but it seems to just create a bottleneck, like a barrier to onboarding. Yep. But I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I imagine it would de- uh, it would have to do with the type of store as well. Like those fraud numbers are huge, right? They're 10% yeah. of or a few percent of total market size. So if that fraud has to do with like reused coupons or fake coupons, I don't like, I think that's one example of fraud. There might be other types of fraud, people printing their own coupons, um, that sort of thing, ripping off Joanne's, a little like mom and pop store. I would probably, so there's probably some set of larger companies where it makes sense to, take a cut of that kind of number and others like the 25 to 75 per store. Like maybe if you work with McDonald's or something and not even McDonald's, like someplace that has like, you know, a thousand spots yeah. around the country, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Otherwise you're, this is kind of like a hard sale, 25 to 75 a store per month. That's really not a lot. Like my point is that you should be making enough from these distribution fees and redemption fees that the $25 is insignificant. And so you just don't make that a yep. barrier for like your sales. Yep. Because I think trying to sell like a small, like low margin retail place on software license fees 
it feels unnecessary uh given that yep you have like per unit pricing on your actual product right Another uh, so in the management discussion analysis of financial condition, also known as the MDNA, they go through how they plan to use these funds. So I think we'll focus on the software and app kind of stuff first. I don't think we have much to say in respect with respect to like marketing and staffing and office and stuff. But they have two sections: software development and then also website development, and they budget. Um, for software development. And so this budget has to do with actually how much money they raise. There's like a nice little chart in the S1 that says like if they hit 25% of their goal, they'll be able to use this. This is their budgeting plan. If they hit 100%, this is their budgeting plan. Okay, so one part they list in the kind of use of proceeds section is uh, software development. And the range that they have here is $275,000 to a million dollars. And they have a little note that says it's the first to 12th month. And I read that as meaning it'll take a year for, they budgeted basically a year for the development costs. Is that how you read that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is how they describe it. And we should give our kind of thoughts on this after I'm done reading it. The estimated cost of the step is influenced by the amount of work to be done and by the complexity of it. In case if only 50% of the shares are sold, our main efforts will be put to design and develop the data cloud and mobile cross-platform application to it, which is our main service. Great effort is about to be put in making our services invulnerable to hacker attacks. To accomplish this step of high importance, we will have to hire specialists in this, in cybersecurity. So most of our funds will be allotted on attaining efficiency and proper security of the cloud storage. Keeping this in mind, the company will have to cut expenses on the website and use a landing page instead. In case if over 75% of the shares are sold or first revenue made, the company is likely to employ a full-featured website and start working on add-ons like the mail client for the cloud. As soon as 100% of the shares will be sold, the company will hire more IT engineers, coders, and technicians to work on cloud development, website maintenance, and service maintenance to carry out our so, services as well as possible. Yeah. A lot of credit to given here because A, their software development budget, it's like 275000 to $1 million. On first glance, you're like, well, that's a wide range. But I actually like it because it reflects the reality of actual, you know, real software development projects where we see it's really hard to estimate a very tight budget. Yep. And so it seems like they've gotten some quotes and they've also managed scope in the sense that they know if they raise less funds, here's sort of an MVP. And if we have more funds, here's all the stuff we'd like to build. Whereas all too often we see people, irrespective of budget, wanting the first version of to have every single feature that uh, they've ever thought up. So this is a pretty like reasonable approach in terms of estimating both budget and scope. Yep. And I also like that they've given a lot of attention to security up front. I think in, I chuckled at invulnerable just because obviously nothing can be invulnerable. Right. But credit to them for actually putting security up there as a priority. Yep. And the second kind of app and web... So they have another section called website development third and fifth months. Uh, 42500 to 265000 To support our customers and provide them with information regarding our services, we expect to develop a website and mobile application with the features of the full website. We plan to order the development of both website and application in software and company. 
depending on the complexity of design and features of the website and the application, we expect expenditure to be minimum $8,000. Upon launching, launching our website, we will need a professional to maintain it and the application, will, which will result in further expenditures. So the website all here... All very reasonable? Yeah, all very reasonable. I mean, it's not just a landing page, obviously. It's like much more than that. Yeah. Why do you think they separated software development from website development? Or do you think it makes sense to? I mean, I think if you're trying to develop a range of budgets, it is nicer to break it out this way because otherwise you just have one massive range of like, well, if we build the bare minimum across each of these things versus the maximum, you're just going to have like 350 to 2 million or something. Yep. So I guess it's nice to break it out. Although I agree that you need both things for the product to be complete. Yep. This is sort of like the front end and the back end, but it does make sense to break it out because you're able to give a little more detail to scope and budget. Yep. I know when we work with clients, we like to kind of highlight um, it's important at the beginning stage to uh, figure out what the hard problems are with this particular right. architecture and design. What do you think are would be the initial kind of like plan when approaching this one? So, yeah, we, the uh, known unknowns in terms of like budget and timeline. So for this one, in my mind, it's a really a lot about integrations. Because once you know your budget and scope for the website, it's pretty reasonable to plan that out for a lot of the software as well. Uh, the features that they want in terms of managing coupons and loyalty, it's you essentially yep. have like a content management service for authoring and then a distribution redemption piece. So you can scope all those out. But I think the big unknowns really, a lot of it have to do with the uh, the redemption side because you're plugging into these third-party POS systems. Yep. So I think getting all the questions answered around POS integration would take away, would be where you'd have to have the most leeway in uh, like budget and timeline. Yep. Hey everyone, this is Vikram again. Thanks for listening to us. If you are an exchange, a trader, or working on a crypto project, get in touch with us. You can reach us on Twitter at Quantlayer. That's Q-U-A-N-T-L-A-Y-E-R or email me at vikram at quantlayer.com. That's V-I-K-R-A-M like Monero at quantlayer.com. I will write back. And if you like our podcast so far, please hit subscribe and rate and review us because that would help us a lot. Thanks.